Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It is time for another episode of Blitz Boys here on the Jack Wagon Sports Network. Uh, thank you, everybody, who checked out our last week's episode, the Group of Five season preview. We're excited to bring you the Big Ten preview today. Uh, Slade, you and Nick are both diehard Penn State fans, obviously. Uh, you're trying to switch your allegiance to Texas, but right now you're a Penn State fan. Um, so, obviously, we have a lot of interest in the Big Ten. It's also one of the best conferences out there year in, year out. It provides unlimited energy. Entertainment uh, from top to bottom, and so this is one that we're really excited to do. It's gonna be a lot of fun to talk about this uh, this week. So first up, uh, obviously Northwestern has been in the news a lot here recently. Uh, it came out that there was hazing allegations. Uh, Pastor Gerald went under you know, internal investigation. Uh, their school newspaper released an article, you know, stating everything that they found. Um, they were accused of hazing, especially for incoming freshmen. Uh, they did what's called running, whereas if, if they made a mistake or something in the game, they would run them uh, after, you know, practices and stuff. And obviously nothing that you want to hear. A little surprising that this is something coming from a Northwestern school. Um, but nonetheless, nothing that there's something that you never want to hear out from the school. Pat, Pat Fitzgerald ends up getting fired. Um, so, Slade, so I just want to get your, your thoughts on the whole situation and then where, where you think that leads this North, Northwestern team heading into the season. Yeah, I mean, I think altogether it's odd. I mean, it it would be different if there's like a lot of back and forth with their team being up and down and stuff like that. But I mean, they've just been down. It seems like. I mean, what were they one and eleven last year? Uh, yeah, it, it's it's definitely uh, sucks to see. But uh, coming from a place where uh, coaches should be fired for wrongful doing. <laughs> um, I think that it's the right move. I think that they would have gotten even more uh, handed down to them by the NCAA had they elected to keep him as as their coach. Uh, but I, I don't think that this changes anything for them, at least in the immediate future, because in terms of like, what was it? Do they get less scholarships, stuff like that, right? I'm, I'm assuming it's the same thing that they hand down to. I, I don't think they, that anything's been announced yet as far as uh, penalties or anything. I'm like assuming that that's what will yeah, happen. They'll likely, go five yeah. years with five or eight years without being able to compete in a bowl game. They'll they'll have a, a big fine, you know, and then uh, another thing will be loss of scholarships. Um, but I mean, it, I don't know that that can really affect the team and where they left off last season. I mean, they ended the season I think on a ten game losing streak, one and eleven. Like I had said, obviously. There's not much room to get worse, but if I, I, my assumption is a lot like what happened with Penn State is in the next couple of weeks, you're going to see a lot of people that were looking at playing time there transferring out because they're looking to try and end up in a bowl game at the end of the season, even if their team is going nine and five or something and they're not winning the conference. They're hoping to get in a bowl game and get that extra TV time at the end of the year which is not going to be something that my assumption is I don't think that Northwestern is going to be playing in a bowl game for a while. Yeah. Uh, I, I think even, even without this, uh, I think Northwestern had the possibility of getting, you know, close to bowl eligibility, eligibility this season. Uh, they're bringing some talent back and they also brought in a few transfers. Uh, they got Ben Bryant from Cincinnati, uh, a wide receiver from Michigan and Arizona state. So, I mean, they, they had the potential there to have a solid season. Um, and, I, I was never a Pat Fitzgerald fan. I, you know, I, I thought the team could have done much better. They opted for stability over, you know, getting to, to I think a higher plateau. But at the same time, I, I think with Northwestern, you got to look at the academic side of it. Is that that's a very academic, prideful school. 
Um, and, and you know, they're they weren't going to lower their expectations for incoming uh, freshmen or anything like that. It's a lot like the, the Stanford situation where Stanford had a, a string of really good years where they were bring in high end recruits who were also doing super well in the classroom. Um, but even now they're, they're struggling to find that. And I think Northwestern is much of the same um, where these really good players don't want to go to these schools where they're going to, they're, they're not going to stay there the whole career. They're not going there for the academics. They're going there you know, to get their, their two years out of the way and then head off to the NFL. And I think that's what puts schools like Northwestern and, and Stanford uh, and a couple of the, the high-end academic schools at a disadvantage. Um, but overall, I, I was not a fan of Pat Fitzgerald. I think he, he kind of lucked into his 2020 season uh, with the, the shortened year. And then also just his team remained one of the healthiest throughout the whole season. Um, they were at the number eight in the college football playoff poll at one point and then got steamrolled in the Big Ten championship game by Ohio State. Um, their their schedule this year could have gone either way when you look at it. Uh, they start at Rutgers against UTEP, Duke, Minnesota, Penn State, and Howard are their first six games. Uh, there was talk there that they could possibly be four and two, you know, if they if they got a couple breaks going their way. I think at this point they're gonna be two and four heading into the mm-hmm. bye week after week six. Um, and so I, I think it's going to be a very difficult season for them. And, you know, when you lose a head coach and a leader, regardless of, of how you view that coach, when you lose that coach so close to the beginning of the season, uh, it definitely affects your teams in ways that were unforeseen. If this would happen in spring um, or even earlier in the summer, I think that the team itself would have been able to rally and cope a little bit better. Um, and, and, you know, like you said, obviously there, there's going to be some kids transferring out. Now I think three one or two players have already announced that they, they are transferring. Um, and I think the team is just going to take a while to find its footing this year. Uh, and I, I think it's going to be another rough season for them as well. And um, one thing that I, w- I did want to mention real quick is that it doesn't necessarily mean that some of these guys that are were not involved in any of the allegations and stuff need to transfer out. I mean, yeah. uh, what's his name? Carl Nassib. He, he played with three different coaches at Penn State, made it into the NFL, and played for like seven, eight years. I mean, he, he's there's there's ways of playing at a school that has a tarnished name right now, you know, and still being able to live out your dreams of getting to that next level. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of where the head coaching search goes. Um, Northwestern is a school that's put a lot of money into their athletics. It may not seem like it, but, you know, they're, they're getting ready to build a whole new football stadium and football facility. Uh, their, their basketball team is usually year in, year out, one of the top teams in the Big Ten. Um, and so th- this is a school that has really started to invest into their, their athletics, which was, again, surprising to me just with how mediocre their head coach has been, that they didn't want to move on from him and, you know, try and find somebody better. Obviously, I, I don't think anybody at, at the, you know, the, the high up level knew what was going on here with the, the hazing and stuff. Um, Fitzgerald tries to maintain that he didn't know anything about it, but regardless, um, just kind of surprising from a, a school and, like I said, investing so much into their athletics that they weren't looking to move on from a coach like Fitzgerald, who is, is not a terrible coach. He's, he's just not a great coach. He's not going to take you to that next level. Um, so it'll be interesting to see now that Northwestern is forced to move on from him where they go from there. Uh, but enough about Northwestern. Let's go to arguably the best team year in, year out, the past few years at least, uh, in the Big Ten, and that is Michigan. Uh, back-to-back Big Ten champs. Last year, I mean, they looked completely unstoppable. Uh, their two toughest games, if you look at it on paper, the two toughest games, Penn State and Ohio State, uh, they just ran all over them. Uh, it ended up Illinois being the closest team to them last year. I still think Illinois should have won that game. little 
suspect officiating, but uh, we're not here to argue that. Slade, in your eyes, how does any team in the Big Ten this year slow down Michigan? Yeah, so I think that it's definitely going to have to come from a defensive standpoint that they're going to have to be able to – I mean, uh, Michigan's defense has been stellar the last couple of years. I mean, like we had said, they steamrolled Penn State and Ohio State, and that's not because of how great their offense was. That's because their defense was able to hold them to one or two scores in the first half while Michigan just ran the score up. Um, I do think that their schedule could possibly hurt them just in terms of how easy it is until they get to like the last three or four games. Um, I I mean, we've seen this catch up to uh, Ohio State when they had a great team and Penn State really wasn't that great and they surprised them at the end of the season. Uh, We've seen it happen with Purdue upsetting a great team that has had a lackluster schedule. Um, So I think that if, if anything, their schedule not kind of being spread out in terms of, hey, we have a big game this week, like, we need to work on a lot of things, not necessarily, uh, hey, we're playing Indiana this week. Like, we still need to work hard, but we can make a lot of mistakes and still win by 30, you know? Yeah. Um, also, b- before we continue to talk about this, so Yahoo Sports, I'm reading this live off of Twitter. Uh, Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh and the NCAA are working toward a negotiated resolution that's expected to see him suspended for four games this season and penalties stemming from alleged false statements he originally made to investigators, sources tell. Uh, so I believe it was last year. Uh, Michigan was, uh, you know, under review for uh, recruiting infractions, uh, and so kind of surprising that, that that's getting announced right now. But at the same time, if you look at their first four games, it's Eastern Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers. Uh, no disrespect to those schools, but uh, those are four tune-up games for Michigan. Obviously, Rutgers gave them a little bit of a scare uh, with Michigan on the road last year. I don't think that's going to be the same case this year. Uh, I say they gave a little bit of scare. I think they were up at halftime. Michigan won that game 52 to 17. Um, so if those and are their four, first games, four games, just so happen to be all home games. Yes. The that fifth well. game being their first away game at Nebraska. Yeah. So, um, so it, it, it's a slap on the wrist of my eyes. If that is really what, what's getting ready to be announced, we'll mm-hmm. keep our eyes on that. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. This will be announced Thursday. So by the time this comes out, it'll probably be announced if that is the case. Regardless, um, I agree with you. Uh, if you want to get anything past Michigan, uh, you need to get past their front seven on offense in my eyes. Uh, last year, the uh, you look at the Penn State game, especially that I just brought that up, uh, they ran for 418 yards in that game. Uh, Blake Corum it was a Heisman favorite until late in the season when he got hurt in that Illinois game. Um, and Donovan Edwards, when he wasn't in, everybody thought, oh, you know, maybe the running game is going to take a step back. Uh, he goes in the Ohio State game and rushes for 297 yards. Uh, or excuse me, 252 yards. The year before, they ran for 297 yards against Ohio State. So if you have any hope of, of slowing this Michigan team down, yeah, you need to find some breakthroughs on offense, but the big thing is is you need to find a way to get past their alignment. Um, and you have to have one of the best front seven on the defensive side in the Big Ten to do that. I don't see any school on their schedule this year that can really do that. Uh, but before we get into that, before I, I bring up my points, so we said how, or we brought up how you can stop Michigan. Who do you think can stop Michigan? I have Ohio State being the only team that has a chance at, at stopping Michigan this year. Um, I'm going to go back and, and just put it into schedule format. Uh, I think that Michigan doesn't really play a team and that, I mean, they might they might not realistically be scored on until week five of the college football season. 
which is is pretty sad. <laughs> um, they often, I mean, like offensively, I mean, they might give up an interception or something, you know, with backup quarterback, third quarter, but whatever. Um, I, I think that the fact that uh, uh, second or third to last week they play Penn State in in uh, State College here. Um, I think that Penn State will be able to open up some of the cracks that is just going to be an easy way for Ohio State to find the the recipe to, to breaking all the way through, you know. Um, like I said, I think that it's going to take a defense to to really be able to stand out there for, for half the game and not give up a score, or they need to be going into halftime against Michigan, you know, uh, only down by three or something like that to give themselves a chance because just like you had said with Blake Corm's injury, uh, it, it's not your average team. I mean, their backups – could be starters on other teams. I mean, their their backup running back then went and put 250 or 260 yards up on Ohio State, um, which was a great team. So it's 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 something that definitely needs to be looked at in terms of Michigan. I think that they need to make sure that they're not eyes on the playoffs come week nine, ten, eleven. You know. Yeah. Uh, two two schools I circled for Michigan this year to watch out for. Uh, the first being Minnesota. Uh, they travel to Minnesota. That's going to be their third in-conference game. Uh, Minnesota last year ranked 16th uh, in rush defense in the entire nation. Um, although I will say the other team they played last year that was inside the top 20 in, in rush defense was Penn State, and we talked mm-hmm. about already about how that game went. Yeah, <laughs> uh, went from Penn State. Um, the other game I'm circling is surprisingly going to be Maryland. Now, if you think back to the, this game, Last year, uh, when they played Maryland, Maryland somehow got it within a score when it, at the beginning it looked like they were going to get steamrolled. They muffed the opening kickoff. Michigan picks it up, scores on the first play seven seconds in. Now, granted, it, you could argue it was a garbage time touchdown to get them within that touchdown uh, touchdown loss. I still think Maryland is capable of doing it. And if you look at where they're at on the schedule, that's the week before the Ohio State game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I brought it up last year. It was on my upset alert. Uh, that you know, I thought Maryland was going to beat Ohio State, and before they completely fell apart in the fourth quarter, it looked you know pretty promising there. Um, Michigan could definitely get caught looking ahead, traveling all the way over to Maryland to play them, and this is a very good Maryland team this year that I don't think you can overlook. I think Maryland's looking at ten wins this season, um, and you know you look back two three years ago, that's something nobody was saying about Maryland. Uh, they were they were a five hundred team at best, uh, but you know they have really put in the work, and then. They also have a, a star quarterback in, in Tega Bailoa. Um, and so I think Maryland is definitely a team that, that can trip them up. The Ohio State game, I, I don't think it matters how good either team is year in, year out. Uh, you know, Michigan can show up with the worst offense they've ever had, and I think it'll be a shootout. Ohio State can show up with the, the worst defense they've ever had. I, I still think it's going to be a dogfight. Uh, those two teams, that that's a rivalry unlike any other. They, they, they just bring the natural hate out in each other. Um but the last thing I, I want to talk about before we move on from this, uh, looking back last year at Michigan, they had eight games where they rushed for more yards than they threw for, uh, which I thought was really surprising. Uh, I, I know their you know, their passing attack wasn't anything spectacular, but uh, eight games that, that they rushed for more than they threw for. Um, so let's let's get into some of our picks here and, and some teams that we're going to look at throughout the season. Um, first up, who do you have winning the Big Ten East? Yeah, so I went with Ohio State here. I think that Michigan is going to have a tough last three weeks. I think, like you said, Maryland is going to be able to possibly test them. Uh, and that's not going to be ideal for Michigan. I, I don't know that Penn State – I mean, I, I could see Penn State losing by like 14 points in that game. And it just kind of being 
away the next two weeks, Maryland and Ohio State kind of have an eye on what they need to capitalize on that Penn State was unable to. Uh, so for that reason, I think Ohio State ends the season with a win in Ann Arbor. Uh, I'm going to go with Michigan still. I, I mean, I think there's definitely opportunity there for them to show cracks throughout the season. Um, I, I look at their two fifth most difficult games as of right now being Penn State and Ohio State. Luckily, they get Ohio State at home. I think their two toughest road games uh, are going to be Penn State and Maryland, like I just mentioned. When I look at Penn State, though, I still have questions about Drew Alar. You know, he, he got some playing time last year. I, I just still kind of question about him playing that full-time role. Uh, you know, obviously he was going through growing pains. He was a freshman last year. I, I wasn't expecting him to come in and look like a Heisman winner, you know, j- just coming off the bench like that. But I would still like to see him get that regular playing time and, and really show what he can do, especially with the, the number one offense. Um, I'm not saying Penn State's offense is ranked number one. I just mean the the, the ones, you know, the, the best receivers mm-hmm. on that team and so on. Um, you know, speaking of receivers, they also lost Parker Washington. Um, and I think that's a that's a big loss. And then you also look at Porter Jr. on the defensive side. I don't worry as much about the defensive end um, of, of them. I think Penn State has shown a reputation to just reload on that side of the ball. Um, but I, I feel like Parker Washington, especially Tinsley too, the duo of them, um, is what I worry about Penn State losing. Um, and then, so just at that point, I, I'm just still going to go with uh, Michigan, uh, also with Penn State, they travel to Ohio State. I think that's going to be a difficult game. Um, and as far as Ohio State goes, I think Michigan still has a slight edge on them. Uh, I do kind of, um, not that I worry about it, but I, I think Ryan Day is kind of losing his luster. Uh, you know, a lot of people like to say he was handed this program, and, and in a sense he was. He's still recruited very well. Uh, but I, I'm just kind of waiting for, at sooner or later, I think the the magic at quarterback where you just find another Heisman candidate every year is going to run out. I think it might be this year. I will have to wait and see. Um, but I, I think just overall, I think Michigan loses a game this year, but I still think that they, they take the Big Ten deep. Uh, switching over, who do you have winning the Big Ten West this year? Uh, I went with Wisconsin here. I think uh, schedule-wise, I think that they're going to be able to best Illinois. And then with the rest of their schedule, I think that it's just going to make it uh, – that that head-to-head win ends up being the deciding factor in, in them winning the West this year. Yeah. I think they're bringing um, back a solid team. Oh, sorry. Go. No, no go ahead. Uh, I think they're bringing back a solid team. And so I just think that uh, if they're able – I mean, they were 7-6 and six in, in for the season and 4-5 and five in conference last year. I mean, if they're able to to just flip the conference games alone, um, I think that that's, that's a big change for them, and, and that would put them ahead of Illinois for the season. Uh, speaking of Illinois, that's what I'm going to take this year. I think Brett Bielema has finally implemented the program that he wants there. Uh, he, he has pulled these guys out of being one of the worst teams in college football as a whole into one of the best teams in the Big Ten, especially in the West. Uh, you know, there were a few bad breaks away from you know ending up in the Big Ten championship game last year. I still think, like I said earlier, um, they had that Michigan game. I think the refs took it out of their hands. But I, I think overall this is going to be a much improved team this year. I understand they lost some of their key defensive pieces um, and Dark Angelo and Witherspoon and also Sidney Brown, three of the best uh, you know, secondary players in the Big Ten last year. Uh, but Trayvon Nicholson, uh, I think, is going to be an, an absolute standout stud this year. Uh, I think their offense honestly takes a step forward. Um, Luke Altmeyer comes back at quarterback. He showed really promising signs last year, uh, and I'm excited to see him 
take another step, and I think Illinois is going to be a very difficult team to beat. They have a pretty favorable schedule, too. They get Penn State at home, which I think is going to be a, a difficult game for Penn State mm-hmm. on the road. Um, and then they get or they go to the road, on the road uh, at Purdue, home against Nebraska, at Maryland. They get Wisconsin at home. Uh, they do have to travel to Minnesota and Iowa, though. Regardless, I, I think uh, Illinois has the makings and the potential to be one of the best teams in the Big Ten and not just the West. Uh, who do you have as your most improved team across the board in the Big Ten this year? Yeah, so I went with Wisconsin here. Just in fact, that I think they were fifth in the West last year, and then I have them coming out first in the West this year, which I think is just a, a crazy turnaround for them. Um, I think that the West usually is like kind of a there's there's no head to it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the East is much it's it's always the three headed monster of. Uh, or, like two and a half, we'll say it's usually Ohio state and Michigan and then Penn state, like every five years is able to beat one of them and mm-hmm. uh, get a chance at, at uh, getting up there. But yeah, I think on, on the other side, I think usually it's kind of like three, four people have the possibility of like going eight and four and possibly winning the conference. <laughs> so, uh, I, I think that Wisconsin's able to turn around this year and, and that's why I picked them. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you 100%. I think Wisconsin is going to be the most improved team. I have them finishing second to Illinois. Uh, I think they have a pretty generous schedule, and not to mention the fact that Tanner Mordecai, uh, who we talked a lot about last week in the Group of Five preview, transferred from SMU here to Wisconsin. Uh, so I, I think we are going to see a Wisconsin offense that we didn't think was possible years ago. Uh, we've, we've gotten so used to them just lining up in eye formation and just handing the ball off. You know, Jonathan Taylor – Monte Ball, you can go over and over the, the list of Wisconsin running backs that have just come out of that program because that's all they do, did was run the ball. I think we're going to see a more uh, spread-style offense here. Luke Fickle's coming over from Cincinnati. I think that's another key factor. Um, you know, he, he is a proven winner at head coach. I think he's brought a lot of transfers in there, um, and I think Wisconsin probably has the second-best offensive line behind Michigan. Um but we're, we're going to see a style of offense that we didn't think was possible to come out of Wisconsin, like I said, three, four years ago. Um, they do have a pretty generous schedule. Uh, they get Ohio State at home. Um, they're two toughest road games for me. I, they go to Washington State and to Illinois. I don't think Washington State's going to be a, a special team this year. Uh, but regardless, going on the road that early in the season to a mm-hmm. difficult environment, uh, it, it's going to be you know difficult. and It's going to be a learning curve for a lot of these guys. Um, and then, like I just said, at Illinois, I think Illinois is going to be the class of the Big Ten West this year. Um, but, you know, if Wisconsin can pull that game out, I think I think that game decides the Big Ten West this mm-hmm. year. Uh, Wisconsin at Illinois, um, that's going to be Saturday, October 21st, that mid-October game. Uh, that, that always seems to be when a lot of these schools trip up. And speaking of that Ohio State game, that's the week later. Halloween weekend, uh, it always seems like late October in Madison uh, is when Ohio State seems to have the most trouble there. Um who do you have as your biggest disappointment or, or who's going to take the biggest drop off from last season? Yeah, I went with Purdue here. I think that they finished last season, eight and six, uh, six and three in the conference, six and three in the conference was, I mean, pretty spectacular, especially with, like I was saying, the West always seems like it's kind of a, uh, everyone just kind of loses to each other and it ends up being like a eight and 14 that <laughs> comes out of the West. But um, yeah, I think that, I have them finishing six in the West this year. And I think that that is, uh, I think it's pretty obvious that's a massive decline if that's what happens. So I think that I just think schedule wise, they're going to have a hard time. And 
uh, with the roster they're bringing back. I don't know if they're able to pull off the big upset that, you know, drives their season um, Mm -hmm. like they have been every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think Purdue is, is going to be much worse. I looked at this as a, from the standpoint of who I think is going to be the biggest disappointment this year. Uh, I think a lot of people are putting some hype behind Minnesota. I, I think they're one of the three favorites in the Big Ten West right now. I don't think that they're going to be able to compete at that level like Illinois or, or uh, Wisconsin. I almost said Purdue. Like Illinois or Wisconsin this year. Uh, they they lost Muhammad Ibrahim, who was the class of, of the NCAA the last few years at the running back position. Um, Tanner Morgan is gone. That's not a loss, uh, but, you know, he was one of the worst starting quarterbacks, and, and the fact that he got the start for, like, five years uh, I thought was insane. But, um, and I'm going to butcher his last name, Calic Manis, uh, <laughs> is, is, who's taken over for him last year. I first got to experience watching him when he came in after Morgan got hurt in the whiteout game last year. Um, and he did show some promise, but he also had a lot of issues. Uh, he threw uh, three touchdowns of four interceptions uh, on 111 attempts, didn't crack 1,000 yards. Uh, they also have a rough schedule. They go on the road at UNC. Uh, they get Michigan at home. They're at Iowa, home against Illinois, at Ohio State, and home against Wisconsin. Uh, so they do not have a you know an easy schedule this year by any means. Um, I, I'm a huge P.J. Fleck fan, but I, I don't think the boat's going to row very far this year. I think they struggle to make a bowl game this season, and I don't have them competing in the Big Ten West like I feel like a lot of people do. I think other teams around them are, are improving so much. It's going to take a year of growing pains uh, with basically you know a, a lot of new pieces coming into this offense um, that I, it's going to be hard for them to, to catch their footing and get momentum going. Mm-hmm. Um, last thing I want to talk about um, is, I've, in my mind, I, I think – Year in, year out, Big Ten produces a lot of upsets here. Um, so I want to highlight four games that I think are, are huge upset traps for some teams, and I want you to give me one or two, or if you have more, uh, give me some other uh, upsets that you have. Um, so first up, I already talked about it. Uh, it's going to be Maryland over Michigan. It's the week before the Ohio State game. Uh, Maryland uh, you know, lost by one touchdown last year on the road at the Big House with, at that point, a Michigan team that was just rolling. Uh, it was their first Big Ten conference game of the year. Um, but I, I'm really excited for that game late in the season. Uh, the week before the Ohio State game, it seems to always trip up both teams. So it's, it's going to be interesting to watch that one. Uh, my next upset, uh, I have Wisconsin over Ohio State. I know we're, we're both picking Wisconsin to have a pretty good season. Uh, but I think Ohio State, if everything can go their way, they also have a pretty easy schedule up to this point. Um, but if everything can go their way, I think – uh, they're they're going to be high ranked coming into this game, and I think Wisconsin pulls off their marquee upset. Um, let's see, before this game, uh, they get Penn State, which I would say is their second toughest game. Uh, they also go to Notre Dame. Um, so if they can survive both of those games, they, they're going to be pretty high ranked coming into this matchup, and I think Wisconsin can beat them. Late October in Madison is just a different environment. I think there's no way this isn't a night game. Um, and when, when you get jump around playing at you know eight o'clock at night, it, it gets it gets pretty raucous there. Um, my next pick, we talked about them earlier. I'm going to take Northwestern over Iowa. This is going to be technically a neutral site game. It's still in Chicago. Uh, it's going to be held at Wrigley Field. Uh, I think at this point in the season, Northwestern is going to be desperate for a marquee win and you know to something to hang their hats on going into the next season. Um, and I think Iowa's a perfect opponent for that to happen to. Iowa usually seems to somehow back into a one or two loss record by that point in the season. Uh, so they might even be ranked 
So I'm going to take Northwestern over Iowa. And the last one, you're not going to like this. I'm taking Illinois over Penn State. Like I said, Brett Bielema it, it just rolling with that, that system right now. He's getting good recruits in there. He has those guys believing in, in themselves. I think that's dangerous. Um, this is going to be uh, – I don't know if this is their first big noon kickoff, but it's the first one I can remember uh, that Illinois will be hosting big noon kickoff. Uh, I think that's going to be a, an amazing environment to see, you know, the, the school can finally get behind a winning program. Uh, Penn State also, some for some reason, seems to struggle uh, on the road early in the season in their Big Ten matchups. We saw it last year with Purdue. Week one, they kind of struggled. They ended up pulling out the win. But I think if you're going to play this Illinois team close, uh, it, it, that spells a recipe for disaster. Um, Illinois also had the number three total defense last year in, in all of college football. Um so I'm, I'm expecting it to be a difficult game for Penn State. Uh, are there any games you're looking at that you, you see as upset potential for this season? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think I have one game. Uh, last year, Michigan State was able to upset Illinois, which was, uh, a, I think it was like 23-15 was the final score there. Um, I think this year Michigan State's big win is uh, going to be against Maryland. I think, like you, I have Maryland being uh, – Realistically, I think that they're right there with Penn State just losing the head-to-head at the end of the season. Uh, but I think in terms of record, uh, I, I think that they're going to be hand-in-hand. Uh, hand. But I think Maryland's uh, going to end up having a loss, and I think it's going to be to Michigan State. I think Michigan State's got a record of every year kind of getting a close one squeaked out against someone or having like a super tight game with Michigan. I don't see them having a tight game with Michigan this year. Uh, so I'm I'm going to be watching. I think it's week four, Michigan State versus uh, Maryland. Yeah, that's definitely a good game to watch out for. Um, but, I mean, before we stop, um, when I look at the Big Ten East, I look at it in tiers. I think there's three tiers. There's there's a top tier, which is Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. There's a middle tier, which I think is Maryland by itself. I think Maryland is the only school that is reasonably close enough um, mm-hmm. to those top three, and they're, I don't think they're, they're – anywhere near as bad as the, the next three, which is Michigan State, Rutgers, and Indiana. Um, and so it, it'll be really interesting to see how Maryland can contend to get themselves a little bit closer. Uh, it's weird. Everybody calls it a rivalry. We talked about this last year. Penn State, Maryland is not a rivalry. Um, and I, it's they, for some reason, they're just not able to get any momentum to get themselves even kind of close to Penn State. Penn State always seems to just hang 50 on them and not even think twice about it. So uh, it'll be interesting to see this, to see what Maryland can do to kind of close that gap to Penn State. Because whenever they play Michigan and Ohio State, they, they seem to keep it close. Um, so that, that'll be another interesting storyline. I'm, I'm waiting to, to see how it plays out this season. Uh, yeah. But that'll do it for our Big Ten preview this week. Uh, thank you guys so much for checking us out. Uh, we'll be back next week with the ACC. If you haven't seen it, uh, go back and watch last week's episode where we previewed all the group of five teams. Uh, in the ACC, we'll also be adding Notre Dame into that and, and look over Notre Dame's schedule this season. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We hope you guys check us out. Make sure you go follow all of our socials as well. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. See ya.